Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the reading of God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Luke 14 has been focusing on Jesus' teaching at a supper. Luke finishes his account of that evening by detailing a parable Jesus shared. Today on Drawing Near, we explore the meaning of that parable. So let's take our Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 14 and study the Great Supper Parable. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And Father in heaven, we pray that you would give us wisdom and insight, that you would give us the meaning of this passage in such a way that we not only would understand it, but again apply it to our lives, because the Word of God is meant to be applied to our lives. And so help us, Father, to embrace this, to think through it. And Father, we thank you again for your word and how it works in our lives to bring about our faith that enables us to follow Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 14, verse 15, we read these words. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. As we begin this passage, we need to understand this seems to be an innocent enough statement. Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now, where this was coming from in this individual's heart, we have no idea. But Jesus takes this statement and he takes it and launches into the parable of the Great Supper. This is one of the uniquenesses of Jesus. It shows his insight, his authority, And he does this thing that most of us would not even consider doing. If we tried to do this, it might appear to be arrogant or forced, but Jesus does this naturally. And so in verse 16, Jesus responds to him. It says, Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Now hopefully we understand that a parable is a story being told to people about something with which they are very familiar. These individuals around this meal that evening with Jesus would have been very familiar with a scenario of a certain man giving a great supper and then inviting many to it. What a parable does is it takes that familiar story and then it applies a spiritual truth. And sometimes that spiritual truth is somewhat hidden. It's sometimes difficult to really ascertain what the meaning is. And so Jesus tells this parable, and I won't recount everything that we just read, but as this individual invites many, all of those who are invited— the wealthy, the affluent, they can't come or they choose not to come. Actually, they all could come, but they chose not to. 
They chose to distance themselves from this dinner. And so the individual who's throwing it, who had everything ready, who expected all of these individuals to show up, he's angry. Now let's pause here for a second, because hopefully all of us understand that this parable has to do with the kingdom of heaven. That's what the individual talked about before, didn't he? The individual said, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Well, this parable is about eating bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, God the Father has created this great meal, has created this great event, and he invites individuals to come to it, but they said no. So who are the individuals in the parable who said no? Well, I believe we can see this in two ways. The first way is, Jesus is talking to Jewish religious leaders who are seeking to find something against him, and Jesus has come to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And he is inviting, God is inviting his chosen people to come, to share in Jesus Christ, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to be guests at the great supper that God is going to share. And the individuals Jesus is talking to represent those individuals who are not receiving what God has has offered. They are rejecting the invitation. They are caught up with the things of the world. And that's the second part of this parable. Rather than come to this great supper, they all wanted to deal with their own worldly things. They wanted to look at a piece of ground. They wanted to deal with five oxen. They wanted to deal with their marriage. And we could go into details concerning each of these, but it's sufficient to say that these individuals were focused on themselves, not the one who was giving this great supper. They didn't care about attending or even if they offended that individual. They had business they wanted to take care of, and so they did. They deferred. The Jews were like that. Many of the Jews, God's chosen people, did not recognize this opportunity that God provided them in sending their Messiah, Jesus Christ, to them. And Jesus is inviting them to come into the kingdom. We see that over and over and over again in the Gospels. And eventually, rather than go into this kingdom, rather than accept God's offer, they crucify the messenger. And so that's part one of how we might want to understand this. But what about us today? We're not Jews. Do you think many people who are being invited to come to this supper after the Jews have rejected? We are the ones who are in the second part of this. How many of us have rejected God's offer? How many of those around us are rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ, turning their back on God and this opportunity of entering the kingdom of heaven and enjoying the blessings of eternity in heaven? That's the other part of this. So it applies to Jews and to all those invited who refuse to come. So we're told in this passage of scripture that this man who's throwing this supper, he goes out and invites the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. You may not recognize this, but this represents me. This represents the Gentile. This also represents the lost, those who recognize they are unworthy. The first group is the group that feels like, eh, it's just a party. I can come or I can go, it doesn't matter. These individuals, the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, those who have desperate need, would not have been so quick to not go to this supper. They wanted the food. 
Verse 22, the servant comes back and says to the master, it is done as you commanded, and there is still room. Now, isn't that a wonderful statement? It's done as you commanded, and there's still room in the kingdom of heaven. And verse 23 says, then the master said to the servant, go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God wants his house filled. God wants everyone who can come or will come to come. God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance, that all come at his invitation to eternal life. Jesus finishes this passage in verse 24 by saying, For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Now, the master is saying to the servant, I want my house to be filled, go out in the highways and hedges, compel them to come. Why? Because none of those who were originally invited shall taste my supper. But that's what God says as well. You reject this offer of grace, you reject this great invitation, and you're done. You're out. God has departed from one group of individuals invited, and now he's focused on the other. And the original group, the original ones who rejected, don't get another opportunity. We need to take the opportunity we have to receive the invitation of God through faith in Jesus Christ, and we need to be grateful for it. We need to not be caught up with the worldly things around us. We need to focus on receiving the invitation. And receiving the invitation is not just simply saying yes and showing up in heaven sometime later. Receiving the invitation also involves, as we see in other passages, preparing for the supper, putting on the right garment, getting yourself ready so that when you go, you go in a way that honors the one giving the supper. That's what purifying our lives is all about. That's what living holy or following Jesus is all about. It's taking serious this opportunity that God presents to us. I hope we understand the great privilege and honor that we have to be part of the kingdom of heaven. And we need to be humble. We need to be holy and accept this with gratitude and then to prepare ourselves for the appearing of the Lord when the great feast will begin. Father in heaven, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and grace. And we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be recipients of your grace, recipients of this great invitation. Father, may we ponder and wonder at these things rather than just read the story and pass over it and wonder at its meaning. Help us, Father, to see who we are in this parable and how you desire us to respond. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.